You sound like you have one less tooth in your mouth. I have a hole in my mouth. <laughs> There's a hole in my mouth, my mouth. Is that a country song? My mouth, it is now. Hello, Wait. everybody. This is Father Herb, and I'm speaking to you with one less tooth than a week ago. It, it reminds me of, there's a series of books, like there's the tooth book and the eye book and the knee book. And is the, there really? Yeah, they're, they're not quite Dr. Seuss books, but they're written in that same style. Okay. And the tooth book is probably one of my favorites because the rhymes in it are wonderful. I wish I had it right now. So should, I could. should we, you know, we started in the middle of the conversation once again. Well, that's okay. Okay. They'll hello, hello, everybody. This is the podcast number... 117. 117. That's Michael Puppas. I'm Father Herb Weber. Hello. And yesterday, I had a tooth extracted. They no longer pull teeth. They extract teeth. So, for a long time, Father Herb had a pain, and he said, Michael, I need you to take a vacation. I and a while, while yeah. I was gone, he still had the pain. And so, he realized, hey, it wasn't Michael that was the if, problem. If, if you thought I was not at my best, <laughs> surprise, I was at my best, <laughs> but at least now I have an excuse. I, I had a, a little tooth challenge. <laughs> that sounds good. That's a good way to put it. And you, if you look at me, you cannot tell there's a tooth missing because it was way, way, way back. No, you look great. Really. You've never looked better. Well, thank you. I always thought you had one too many teeth in your mouth. Well, no, that's not the case. <laughs> and I, I don't really need to chew my food. I just... Uh, Suck, suck it up through a straw. You know, the, the glimpses of your retirement and us taking care of you are getting more and more graphic. I told you, all my new friends are a minimum of 20 years younger than I because I have to make sure there's people going to be around to take care of me as I get older. <laughs> we will surround you with love. Hey, um, before we get into the readings, I do want to, lots of people are asking, social media is a buzz. The phone has been ringing because we announced that we're having the Matt Marr concert here. Yes, yes, yes. Say something about it. Uh, so I just want to make sure people understand this isn't the real Matt Marr. This is his twin brother. <laughs> no, this is the real one. No, this is the real one. The real uh, Matt so Marr. Here's the deal. Um, for those of you that know uh, the Fineski family, longtime parishioners, um, they lost their son Jack to cancer um, quite a few years ago already. And uh, as a result of that, keeping Jack's story alive and... Um, the benefit of Jack's story and really ultimately his trust in Jesus and the role that his faith played through his journey. Um, they began a organization called catching up with Jack, which was originally like a 5k fundraiser. And it was over at Monclova elementary, very well attended. You and I had gone there for mass a couple of when times. When you say you and I, you're talking about you and I, not the people out there listening. Maybe they have no. gone there for mass as well. You really have a, I, I always feel like I know who I'm talking to, but maybe I need to. Well, be... we're talking. You're talking to me, but you're talking to them, <laughs> the people out there. True, both of them. Hello. Anyway, so um, catching up with Jack has just become this wonderful organization that has not only been raising money for um, pediatric cancer research, they also provide resources to local children that have been diagnosed with cancer, uh, just to kind of help them as they're being going through treatments. And ultimately, they love to share Jack's story and really spread. Um, faith in Jesus Christ. And uh, this year, the organization approached us about kind of collaborating and hosting a concert. And so on Tuesday, November 12th, this year, Catching Up with Jack is going to be featuring Matt Marr, the real one, not his twin brother, 
here in the church uh, at St. John the 23rd. It's a 7 p.m. concert. We announced this last weekend, and uh, people are asking about tickets. So really, the what you need to know is tickets will be on sale for the parish this weekend, uh, but everything is going to be online. We won't actually have hard copies of tickets to sell here. Uh, so you'll be able to do that online. And uh, you can either do that on our iPads here at the Connection Desk or really e- very easily on your own device. And we'll have a very easy link at 23.church, because where else would we send you? Uh, to be able to get to the tickets quite easily. Now, because it is a fundraiser, yeah, and the church itself is just going to be enriched by having a wonderful concert. Sure. So it's not about raising money for the church. It's not about all. raising money for the fund, yeah. the cancer research, pediatric cancer research. Yep. 100% of the proceeds are going towards that. And the tickets are running at what amount? They'll be $30 each. $30, that's not bad at all for a... A name like that. Yeah, well, and considering the cost, too, I think people will rally behind this. We do think the tickets will go rather quickly, uh, just given uh, the event. And And we are limited to, what, 1,000 tickets? We're going to do about 1,000 tickets in the church, yeah. And by the way, the church holds... Uh, 999. So you don't want to be number 1,000. <laughs> well, 1,000 is your chair, but it won't be up there that night. <laughs> but we're really excited about this, and uh, we hope that not only will it make a positive impact on families battling cancer, um, but also it'll be a night of you know good evangelization and prayer and worship uh, with Matt here in our church. And Matt is... Uh a fine musician. Yeah, and you know what? If you don't know his name, you know a lot of his songs because we do them here. Uh, he did Because He Lives, which we do regularly, Christ is Risen, Your Grace is Enough, and the list goes on and on. And on and on. And on and on it, on it goes. That wasn't his song. That was no, a different that song. That was not his. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's great. And the 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 tickets, when you say they're being sold here at the church this weekend, what does that mean? So we're basically going to just make our iPads available at the Connection Desk for people to actually purchase them, but you can also very easily do it from your own phone or your own computer. But not during Mass. No. <laughs> I mean, technically, the uh, Internet works while Mass is going on, but you should not do it if you're inside the church. D- depends on whose homily. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there'll be uh, 23.church this weekend. Head over there. We'll get you linked up, and you can get your tickets purchased. Okay. And we're going to make that leap right now to the 24th Sunday of Ordinary Time. Let's talk about a smooth segue. At September 15th. Wow. Mid-September. Yes. And I'm going to ask you, Michael. Yes. How do you define Mercy. How do I define mercy? Now, that was my question. How do you define mercy? We So we've been reading, our staff has been reading this book from Pope Francis uh, about the joys of discipleship, and the first two chapters are all about mercy, you know, reflections on God's mercy. Um, I would define mercy as, I think I would use uh, synonyms to describe it. Am I allowed to do that? Yes. In fact, I always try to s- tell people, don't say it in a sentence, say it in three appropriate words. Okay, so the three words that come to mind are love, acceptance, and forgiveness. Okay, now I want to take, I'm not going to do this, but I'm tempted to say, okay, now take the word love and give me three words for that. <laughs> we'll because keep breaking love it is a pretty, pretty big word. Sure. Now, love, acceptance, and forgiveness. Those were the first three words that came to mind. Okay. How do you describe, how do you define mercy? If I had to do three words, 
I would start with forgiveness, uh-huh. compassion. Oh, that's a good one. I like the word acceptance, but I don't want to use something that you used. Oh, I already did. I already used forgiveness. Yeah. Uh, compassion, forgiveness, and one word, huh? One word. This is hard, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, unconditional. Oh, that's good. Or the word that we throw around sometimes, reckless. Yeah, reckless love. Yeah. But that that. Well, let's not go there right now. We don't have time. We don't, but, okay. <laughs> we only have 23 minutes. Okay, so the whole idea of mercy is the theme of the readings today. Mm-hmm. And we have the most powerful readings of the entire Bible. Of the entire Bible. That's a bold statement, Father of Weber. Well, I might say that again next week. Oh. But we have the most powerful <laughs> readings, all three of them. The first reading, the second reading, and the gospel this coming Sunday. Yeah. So expect about a 23-minute homily. Well, they can just play the podcast. On, on each of the three readings. Yeah. <laughs> Here, here's what you do, people. You play the podcast, and then you can go buy your tickets for the Matt Marr concert. Come back in. We'll be ready for a liturgy of the Eucharist. <laughs> bing, bing, boom. Okay. Uh, the gospel has three, three parables. We're only going to use the first two. The third parable is the prodigal son. Now, come on. Can you top that? No. Well, and the, actually, I was, you haven't, you, we haven't discussed this yet. We're doing the short form then, I assume. We are doing the short form because... We do the prodigal son during Lent. The lectionary recommends doing the short form because the prodigal son was just read during Lent. Is there an echo in the room? Hello, hello. Hello. Okay. okay. So, the, so there's three parables in a row about mercy. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to ask Michael to read the first one, and I will read the second one. You get the long one. I get the short one. You're on, Mike. <laughs> All right. Covering the short form, then, this is Luke chapter 15, verses 1 to 10. Tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to Jesus, but the Pharisees and scribes began to complain, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So to them he addressed this parable. What man among you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, would not leave the ninety-nine in the desert and go after the lost one until he finds it? And when he does find it, he sets it on his shoulders with great joy, and upon his arrival home he calls together his friends and neighbors and says to them, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. I tell you in just the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous people who have no need of repentance." Or what woman, having ten coins and losing one, would not light a lamp and sweep the house, searching carefully until she finds it? And when she does find it, she calls together her friends and neighbors and says to them, Rejoice with me, because I have found the coin that I lost. In just the same way, I tell you, there will be rejoicing among the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Now, there's the first story is about the sheep, one out of a hundred. Very well known. The second story, the coin, one out of ten. Mm-hmm. Luke often does this where he'll do parallel messages, the first one relating maybe to a male population mm-hmm. and the second one to a female population. Smart. He does the same thing, for example, when he talks about there'll be two men um, out in the field and one will be taken one left behind mm-hmm. or the two women grinding the the mill and one will be taken one will be left behind so he does this 
But in this case, he takes these two, which we will read in church on Sunday. Yeah. And then he adds a third one. And the third one, of course, goes from verses 11 all the way to 32, which is quite long. And that's the story of the prodigal son. Mm -hmm. So I asked the question at the Bible study this morning. Why do you think Luke took these three parables that Jesus told and put them back to back to back? You know, if one is good and two is inclusive, why three? Because, are you asking me? I am asking oh, you. I didn't know if you're talking to the I'm, audience I, Well, it's not. rhetorical, but <laughs> you're, you're, you're Mr. Red. This is where we'll just have five minutes of silence for everyone listening just to reflect. Uh, no, I think, I would think it's because it takes us a couple times to get it. So if you don't understand it over the 99 sheep, or you don't understand it over the 10 coins maybe you'll finally understand it over the prodigal son. Like in all situations, God's mercy and love is so lavish, so overflowing, so reckless that it's always present. Very well said, but I'm going to add even more. Okay. That's how this podcast usually That's how works. It goes, yes. <laughs> but it, it's, it's also kind of a, a, a style of speaking. Okay. And we are taught when we are kids in grade school, I was at least a good, better, best Mm -hmm. uh, some more and most mm -hmm. so the you have the first thing like good yeah. is a quality better is comparative and best is the superlative mm -hmm. in the same frame of mind using three in a row simply means taking it to the nth degree yeah so it's not just as you said uh it takes us three to get it and that's often true but by telling the third story, and of course the third story is the one that's most powerful, Sure, it's basically saying the quality of God's mercy is beyond comprehension. Mm -hmm. we've, we've taken something that's good, we've magnified it, and then we've taken it to the nth degree. Mm -hmm. So God's mercy is there, whether we're talking about a lost sheep or a lost coin or a lost person, yeah. the, the son. And the gospel itself is uh, of the prodigal son. The parable is very uh, complicated in itself because there's two sons. You know, the image that comes to mind uh, in my world as we were reading, especially the image of the 10 coins, is my daughter Audrey, who's seven, as you know, uh, with some of the renovations we've been doing at the house, we've been kind of cleaning out rooms in preparation for some new floors to go in. And you have found things that were lost. Well, in the toy room, obviously there's lots of stuffed animals and toys and lots of stuff in there, but there's this tiny little snail that Audrey, I don't even remember where she got it. I mean, we're talking smaller than a penny. And um, she was very worried that she couldn't find the snail. And as we're moving everything, I said, well, you better find it because... We're going to be ripping up the carpeting, and once everything's out of the room, you know, never know if we're going to be able to find it again. So she was kind of freaking out about it. And here I'm thinking, we've got this whole room of toys that she could be playing with, and she's worried about this tiny little snail, which to me is completely insignificant, but obviously to her means a whole lot. And uh, yesterday when I came home from work, she came running to the door, and she said, Daddy, Daddy, I found the snail. And she was holding it in her hands. And to her, that was the best thing ever. Now, that would be a beautiful story. Yeah. You want to call... 
Mr. Luke and say, let's add this one to it. <laughs> it really, I mean, it is lost sheep. It is 10 coins. Yeah. It's kind and, of. And she did the exact same thing in both cases when they found the sheep or found the coin. Yeah. They called in other people and said, let's rejoice. Sure. You can't keep it to yourself. Well, and I think, too, that we do this. My mindset was, Audrey, what's the big deal? You've got a whole house full of toys. This little snail doesn't really mean anything. But to her, it meant everything. And now, we do the same with people. Oh, it doesn't ma- That guy doesn't even matter. You know, who cares about his feelings? But to God. Or one parishioner he, who who leaves and we have to yes it bothers us if somebody leaves um disgruntled sure but we have to pay attention to what's going on in their life right by the way we say people are disgruntled if you're happy are you gruntled i think we have a lot of gruntled people (laughs) (laughs) i want to read the opening line and the closing line okay the opening line, tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near, but the Pharisees and scribes began to complain, saying, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So that's the setting. Mm-hmm. So Jesus is basically justifying why he welcomes sinners and eats with them. Yeah, It's like the person who says, I don't want to go to church because the church is filled with sinners. I know what they're like outside of Sunday mass. <laughs> I once read a, a little quote say, you know, saying you don't want to go to church uh, because it's full of hypocrites is saying like, you don't want to go to the gym cause it's full of fat people. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the ending line for both parables for the, the lost sheep is I tell you in just the same way, there'll be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who have no need of repentance. And the coin says in just the same way, I tell you there'll be rejoicing among the angels of God over one sinner who repents. I love that image. The angels are rejoicing. Yeah, as a beautiful, repented. a beautiful image. So what is mercy then? Mercy is God initiated. Jesus doesn't say, okay, sheep, admit that you are lost, apologize for wandering off, and then I'll come and find you. Yeah. Or the woman doesn't say, hey, coin, Shame on you for hiding under the couch. Sure. <laughs> I'm, you know, no, in both cases, the initiative was taken by the finder. Yeah. So mercy is about God and not just about us. We are the recipients, but God is the giver. I also love, back to the book that we when reading, you know, uh, from Pope Francis, these reflections on discipleship, the chapter that we read through today was about God's patience. And though, although God is endlessly merciful, he's also endlessly patient with us too. So it may not be overnight or it may not be on our time, but God is always patient and loving and forgiving and accepting and all those other words that we, we used. Um, because I think it would be very hard to deal with the human race and not be God because I think some any other being would just be incredibly impatient with us <laughs> don't you are you impatient with me no ask me after the podcast <laughs> <laughs> but yes we all get impatient with with and sometimes little silly things but i do have to go back to your earlier story about audrey finding the snail yeah did she tell more did she say where she found it or how she found it uh i 
she I don't honestly don't remember where it came from. It might have been like even one of those like a prize that she got at school. Or no, something I don't like mean where she got. Oh, where it was located, place, but where it's located that it was lost. No, she did not tell me where it was located. She just told me that she found it. Okay, you know maybe it didn't even matter. Yeah, at that point. Yeah, but she had it. Yeah. Then did you also say now put it in a safe place this time? <laughs> I said put it in your snail house. No, we don't have a snail house. To be clear, this is not a real snail. Oh, I know that. I just feel like somebody's <laughs> going to come up to me on Sunday and say, you guys have a snail in your house and it's not even in a cage? I just feel like that's going to No, happen. no, no. I knew it was a little stuffed snail. Or not even that. It's plastic. Like plastic or like rubber or something. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I was picturing that. But I guess I was, I was really more concerned about the interaction. So did you rejoice with her? Sure. You know, I... Did you rejoice with her because she was happy? Or did you rejoice because... You love the snail. I couldn't care less about the snail, but I... You you really cared about Audrey. Yeah, my happiness comes from her happiness. Okay, you heard it first. I feel like this is a counseling session. <laughs> you heard it first. Michael does not care about snails. Do you want, <laughs> do you want me to lay down and tell you how this makes me feel? <laughs> I love snails. I love all creatures. You can call me St. Francis if you want. Uh, uh, no, I won't. <laughs> now, this is the gospel. It's about mercy. The second reading, often the second reading is a secondary theme. This week it just happens to be a secondary theme that also fits in with mercy. Beloved is first letter of Paul to Timothy, beginning of the letter. Beloved, I am grateful to him who has strengthened me, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he considered me trustworthy in appointing me to the ministry. I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and arrogant, but I have been mercifully treated because I acted out of ignorance and unbelief. Indeed, the grace of our Lord has been abundant along with faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. This saying is trustworthy and deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Now, isn't that a great way to end the session today? That Paul, who considered himself a great sinner, realized it was because of the mercy of God that he was able to be transformed. As I look down, though, even more, it goes back to what we were just saying. But for that reason, I was mercifully treated so that in me as the foremost, Christ Jesus might display all his patience as an example for those who had come to believe in him for everlasting life. And I bet Pope Francis referred to that. I'll have to go back and look. Be patient, be merciful, as your heavenly Father is merciful. Have a great week, everyone. We'll see you this weekend. Yeah, take care.